Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Strong and Sculpted, the podcast by me, Kim Constable, the Sculpted Vegan, about all things strong and all things sculpted. And today we have our first ever Strong and Sculpted interview with none other than the editor-in-chief of Women's Health Magazine USA, the fabulous Liz Plosser. Now, let me tell you a little story, first of all, about how I met Liz. So recently, I was in New York at a big media event, and there was a media panel on stage where you got to get up and pitch yourself to this media panel. And these were bloggers and magazine editors and, you know, TV producers and people who really were in the know in the industry. And you had to put in an application um, to, you know, get up on stage and pitch yourself because you were getting to, you know, to present yourself in front of the entire media event. And there was hundreds of people there. And of course, whenever I heard about this opportunity, I was like, well, I'm just going to do this. And so one day, you know, I I whipped out my phone. It was just kind of, it was actually an hour before the um, submissions had to be in. So I just whipped out my phone, turned on my ring light. My hair was on top of my head. I looked like a Teletubby. And I just said, hey, my name's Kim Constable. And, you know, I founded a company called The Sculpted Vegan and blah, blah, blah. And I said, I would love to be on stage and do this media panel. And I just told them a little bit about myself and why I wanted to be on stage. And then I just sent it off. Like it was one hour before the submissions were closing. And so I got word um, a few days later that they had chosen me to do the media panel. So I was really excited. And I, you know, and I I, was, I decided I was going to make an impression. I bought the most beautiful green dress um, that because I'm obviously Irish and this was in America. So I wanted to like, you know, make an impression as the Irish girl wearing green. And I bought the most, you know, incredible Lucy Choi shoes with these beautiful big emerald diamante on them and big, you know, white diamante. And they just looked stunning. They really stood out. So I got up on stage and I pitched myself and I got some really incredible feedback from the, um, I was going to say from the judges, but they're not judges, from the media panel, you know, from the professionals. So of course, being, you know, the kind of person that I am, after I had been on stage and after the event was over and I was on my way to the airport, actually, it wasn't on my way to the airport, it was back at my hotel. I went through Instagram and I found every single one of the people who had been on the media panel on Instagram and I sent them all a personal thank you note to say thank you for your feedback and just to ask for a little more clarity on some points that they had brought up, you know, because I'm always looking to better myself. So one of the people on the media panel was... um, and a fabulous woman by the name of Megan Murphy. Now, Megan is the editor-in-chief of Good Housekeeping Magazine USA, which is also part of the Hearst Group, Hearst Magazines. So I sent her a message and she immediately replied back and she said, oh my God, you know, I loved you. You know, I'm, I'm, I have Irish descendants and I thought you were amazing and I absolutely loved your shoes. And I sent back and I was like, oh my God, you know, this is, this is brilliant, you know, that you're, you know, you're half Irish. I said, we're practically sisters. You know, we had a chat about it. And I said, I said, you know, I love that you love my shoes. I said, send me your address and I'll send you a pair. She was like, are you serious? And I said, yeah, they're from like a little boutique, you know, close to my house. And I, you know, they, they only do one in each size. They're for a designer in London called Lucy Choi. And I said, I will, you know, pick up, I'll have my assistant pick up a pair and I'll send them to you. She was like, that would be epic. So we were like kind of instant best friends from that. And, uh, and so I did, I had my assistant pick up a pair of shoes. Actually, I went and picked them up myself and, um, he ordered them for me and I went and picked them up whenever I got home from New York and I sent them off to her. But she and I became, um, we became friends, Instagram friends, but 
on my way to the airport, you know, I had been messaging her back and forth and we've been, you know, having a bit of banter, a bit of crack. And on my way to the airport, then she said, you have to, we have to get you in Women's Health, Women's Health magazine. And I said, really? And she said, yes. She said, I'm going to connect you to Liz, who's the editor via email. And she said, she won't answer straight away, but that's okay. She said, just, you know, but I, I am going to connect you guys. So she immediately, true to her word, she's a woman who acts quickly, which I love because I am too. And she sent an email and she said, you know, Liz, meet Kim, you know, Kim, meet Liz, blah, blah, blah. And she, you know, sent an email, which I immediately replied to saying, you know, oh my God, so nice to meet you. And I said, I'm, you know, girl crushing all over you because I'd already checked her out on Instagram whenever I heard her name. And, you know, she's a marathon runner and she's a mom of three and she's a successful woman. And I was like, yeah, really loving these two women, like these strong, sexy, powerful women who are mothers and who are, you know, living in New York City and doing epic things in the world of magazines and have, you know, worked their way to the top of their game. So much respect for these women. So I um, I sent Liz a, a, an email and she didn't reply straight away, of course, it was like a Friday evening. And the, but the next morning I landed in Belfast and I was, um, I went to meet my husband and I was flicking through Instagram and I noticed that Liz Plosser had, had she had actually liked quite a few of my Instagram posts. And I was like, oh, ooh, I was like, she's, oh, this is, this is the editor in chief of Women's Health Magazine. Cause like Women's Health Magazine is like the biggest women's health magazine in the world. They reach like, I think it's 40, it's either 43 or 49 million women like every month worldwide with their magazine. Like it's insane. So um, anyway, so I noticed she liked a few of my things. And so then, so I sent her a message on Instagram and I was like, you know, I, I don't even know if I sent her one, but I think I did a story, you know, like, oh my God, when your girl crush Liz Plosser, like likes your stuff. And, you know, so I did that and then she reposted it to hers. And then so we started like having like a little game of Instagram tag where I would tag her and she would tag me. And, you know, we just had like this instant connection. And I just thought that she was so much fun. She and Megan, both so much fun. So anyway, um, Liz then and I, and I said to her, you know, then, so then we started having an Instagram chat and we never she even did finish that email conversation that was started. But we started having an Instagram chat and uh, and I said to her, I would love to interview you for my podcast. And she was like, really? I was like, yeah. I said, I think your story is really interesting and I would love to know how you got to where you are. And, you know, and, and I think it would be epic. So finally, we got together to do the interview and that is what you're going to hear now. Now, let me just tell you, Liz really digs deep in this interview and she talks about some stuff that's, you know, really personal to her. And I didn't know whether or not I should go there. Like I was trying to be all this like real professional, you know, kind of, you know, interviewer in the beginning. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be all professional. I'm just going to let her talk because you know me, I'm a talker, right? It's hard to shut me up sometimes. But I was like, I'm not going to talk too much. I'm going to really get in and hear her story. And then as we began talking and like more and more was uncovered, I was like, I really need to know more. I need to dig deeper here. And I apologized to her a couple of times. I was like, I'm sorry if this is so personal. She was like, no, no, it's great. I really think that this um that this needs to come out so um i hope you guys enjoy this interview liz is spectacular she's so spunky i absolutely adore her we are now friends for life we're like planning our next lunch date whenever we go to whenever i next go to new york um she's a beautiful beautiful soul and i absolutely love what she's doing at the helm of women's health magazine and i love what that magazine stands for i'm an avid reader of the magazine so like it's just a, such a perfect fit so anyway here is the interview enjoy liz and i will talk to you again at the end. So hi Liz, thank you so much for agreeing to be here today. I cannot believe that we actually made it to the interview after a couple of false starts. Hi Kim, I agree. I'm so very proud of us and happy to be here. 
It's so wonderful. Are you now tell me where are you now? Are you in your office or are you at home? It's earlier for you than it is for me. Like how did you how did you manage to make it today? I know you had like a subway <laughs> issue and you've kids I did. and as is the New York way of life, there's always a subway drama. Um, which just meant my train was slow. It could have been much worse. But yes, I had a, a whirlwind morning. I was up very early, did a run with some girlfriends, got my kids ready for school, kissed my husband husband goodbye, dropped them off at school, jumped on the train, and now I'm in um, Hearst Tower where I work uh, near Central Park in Manhattan. Now, Liz, I do girl crush on you a little bit on Instagram, I have to say. And you seem oh. to be up every morning at like what we would say here in Belfast, the scrake of dawn. Like what time <laughs> do you actually get out of bed in the morning? So um, I am definitely a morning person and I haven't always been, but I've trained myself to be one. Um, but I set my alarm every day for 5.17 a.m. Seven is my lucky number. And I don't know, I like getting up at that exact time. It gives me just enough time to have the right amount of coffee before I do whatever my sweat is for the morning. Yes, I love that. You need to be adequately caffeinated before any morning activities commence. I'm totally with you on that one. But you know what I would really love to know, Liz? You're editor-in-chief of Women's Health Magazine USA. Like probably, you know, the biggest health and fitness magazine, you know, worldwide that, you know, everybody has read, that everybody sees on the newsstands, you know. But how did you actually get to be there? After college, my first job in the real world was in investment banking as an analyst. So... I was like going down the finance and economics and business path for a start there and really had a, like a visceral moment of this isn't what I'm passionate about. What the heck do I want to do with my life? I ended up signing up for a marathon um, to kind of like sort through my thoughts and feelings over the miles, which has become definitely a, a recurring theme in my life. I love to go running to, to think about things. And it was while I was on a long training run for my first marathon, I was running with a group of people I'd met. And I said out loud during you know a 10-mile or 12-mile run, I had a dream last night that I was an editor at a health and wellness magazine. And I feel like I manifested it in some way because mm-hmm. everyone was instantly like, that's so perfect for you. You should look, you know, you should think about journalism and media. And so they knew that you would be perfect as a journalist. Did you know you'd be perfect as a journalist? I didn't know. I was so scared to to make the leap, um, and it was hard to break into the industry. But I loved it from the from the moment, you know, from day one. I I knew in my heart and soul like this was the right choice. This is this is it. You are like super fit. Like you're fit in a way that I'm not fit. Like I can go and lift heavy stuff, but I'm running a marathon. I think I'd probably collapse after the first mile. When did you get into fitness? Like, have you always been into fitness? Is it something that you learned when you were older, or is it something you've always loved doing? Sports and sweating and lifting and you know, whatever form of fitness it is, it's just always made me feel good, um, like a stronger, clearer, sharper, more confident woman. So um, I think, yeah, I think I was kind of born with that streak. Tell me about your marathon training, because, you know, I am a big believer in in that, you know, people, I'm sure you get asked all the time. I, I get asked frequently, you know, oh, Kim, how are you so motivated? And I'm like, I'm not motivated, sweetheart. I'm disciplined. You know, I do not wake up in the morning and go, yay, I have a simple 60 minute session on the Stairmaster at 6am. Like it does not drive me out of bed in the morning, you know, but I'm, I'm disciplined when I'm working towards a goal. So I get up and do it. But, you know, so I always say that, you can take, it doesn't matter whether you're training for a marathon, you're training for, you know, a bikini competition, you are working in business, you know, the discipline that you build from doing that um, persistently kind of transcends every area of your life. I'm definitely, definitely a planner. I never want to wing something, whether that's a presentation I'm giving or mm-hmm. 
prepping for, you know, a meeting I'm having or running a race. So I needed and wanted to do it with a group and to have a coach who told me exactly how far to run every day and, you know, build out that training schedule for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I did it the first time. And I really just stuck to the plan. Um, and I would say after the first one, um, you know, deep into my training and on the day of, I kind of had a, a sense or a taste that like, oh, this isn't just a situation where I hope I finish it. This is like, maybe I should have a time goal in my brain. Right. And so I would say that's kind of been the difference over the years. Um, I've tweaked my training. Sometimes as I got more and more knowledgeable, I started to make my own plans, but I would, you know, map them out weeks in advance, tweak them as necessary. Um, over a couple of marathons, I've used a professional coach. Those, I must say, went a lot better. <laughs> like what, what was the difference between having a coach and doing it yourself? I think, I mean, people who make their living understanding the science and performance of human beings and also like the emotional and mental side of training for something big like a marathon. Um, I mean, there's just no substitute for that. I know I could finish a marathon and have a, a solid time where I had to train myself, but I think it's harder for me to be sort of the objective fly on the wall who's like, okay, you know what, Liz, you're that 20 mile run, your pace wasn't quite what we expected. You might be getting burnout or an injury might be creeping on. Let's take it down this week. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. Yes. I would be Having the, that feedback. Correct. I would be the type A person that's like, nope, my <laughs> schedule says I'm supposed to run X miles next week and gosh darn it, I'm going to do it. Yep. And so I think we can almost be our, our worst enemies and think that like, we know what's best, even if it's yeah, even if it's going to kill us in the process. Even if it's going to kill Keep us. Keep it going is the most important thing. <laughs> Sometimes it's not. I think it's easier now that I've had children, which is strange, but I now have like an, a deeper appreciation and like better perspective on the tough parts because mm-hmm. I know it's going to get better. I, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm not, yes. I don't panic like I probably did as a younger runner and pers- human being. Yes, so. teaching children definitely teaches you about <laughs> your own strength. Yes. <laughs> Pacing Indeed. the floors in the middle of the night, you know, thinking I am stronger yeah. than this is hard. And you had twins. I I take my hat off to you. <laughs> I, oh, thanks. Yes. They're especially as your first. I know. It was a lot, but we didn't yeah. know any better. Sleep, that's one thing I've learned. I have to say, you know, I, I have yes. my late thirties, early forties, you know, I have I like sleep as a priority for me. Completely agree. And this is another, you know, badge of honor, I think, where people talk about how they can thrive on four hours or five hours or no, I am, I proudly sing that I need eight hours. Absolutely. And honestly, I would prefer and I'm a better employee and editor and mom and friend and daughter and everything when I have nine hours. So I'm exactly the same. Ariana Huffington always says that you need to sleep your way to the top. And I think it's fantastic. She's like, you literally need to sleep your way to the top. And I was like, yes, it's so true. I'm always preaching the importance of rest. Like, because especially whenever you're an athlete, whenever you do what you do, whenever you do what I do, you know, you need, you know, I always say to people, muscle is not grown in the gym. It's grown when you're, when you're resting and when you're sleeping, that's when your body builds your muscle and, and repairs it. Sleep is such an important part of of rest and recovery and of getting stronger or faster or being able to, you know, get through those miles, um, 
you know, get, get through those, those last miles or even just the training or whatever. But I have to ask you just from my own you know, kind of curious point of view, mm-hmm. like, do you suffer from the mom guilt? Are you like, are, do you ever sometimes just feel like you're like, you literally have, you're like, you ha- you're, it's like somebody always says like, it's not like juggling balls in the air. It's like, I sometimes feel like I'm trying to hold beach balls under the water. You know what I mean? You're trying to hold them all down and one pops up and then another one pops up and you're constantly trying to hold them all down. Do you ever feel like that? Uh, yes. All day, every day. I love that metaphor. I'm definitely stealing it. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's like you're trying to hold the beach balls under the water and one keeps popping up and you can just go. Yeah. <laughs> and this is something I work on every day is trying to let go of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you Chester, for instance. It was Thanksgiving in the U.S. last week. That's right. And a lot of elementary schools have like a Thanksgiving feast day, um, you know, where the kids will each, it's kind of potluck style. Each kid will bring in a dish that the parents sign up for in advance and they celebrate in their classroom, not necessarily with their parents, but, you know, just as Mm -hmm. kiddos together. And I was so proud of myself for signing up this year and not choosing to just bring the paper plates or the silverware but mm-hmm. to actually bake something with my kids because I do love cooking and especially baking. Mm-hmm. And um, I I went to take George to school and I had built it up for him over and over again how his Thanksgiving feast was not the same day as Charlie and Lucy's. We were going to make his blueberry muffins that night so he could bring them to school the next day for his feast. And we show up at his classroom and it, sure enough, it is Thanksgiving feast day. I have completely missed it by a day. <gasps> and I just felt... <laughs> Oh, I felt no. so bad and sad for him. But oh. you know what? He was fine. No, we didn't care. <laughs> it's awesome. He feels the guilt. He um he was instantly like, Can we bring them tomorrow instead? And it was such a cool perspective shift because I was like, sure, yes, let's still make them together. And what ended up happening was we made them that night and we brought them to school the next morning. And of course, his teachers were nothing but lovely about it. And the kids, his classmates were so excited and his treat actually stood out more than they would have, you know, amongst 15 dishes on the actual feast day. It ended up being, silver lining was, he was like the special hero who brought treats the last day before the holiday and it all worked out. And I, I need to just remember that story. Do you ever think about, okay, what constitutes success for me in my life? What constitutes success professionally? What constitutes success within my family, within my relationships? Like, do you have you know, are you a goal oriented person? Yes. I'm very, very much goal oriented. Um, I joke with my husband that I am, I am like the ultimate lover of gold stars. <laughs> right. I am too. I would say, gosh, and I'm curious what your thoughts are, Kim. Maybe, maybe it's not as healthy to apply the, that type of gold starness to family life. I just feel like it's a little more of a gray zone and maybe that's a good thing. I mean, I mean, I'm thinking about like when we were trying to start a family, I had this vision in my head of we will have this number of kids and they will be this far apart and I will have my first child on this old. And of course I knew that life is crazy and you never know what happens. And it wasn't like I was, you know, obsessing mm-hmm. over that. Of course. But when it doesn't go as planned and you don't reach your goal on your the timeline that you have in your brain, that can be devastating. Um, and that certainly happened for us. We had a lot of troubles conceiving and had to go through fertility treatments. And it was um, very, it was a transformative, mm-hmm. it was a dark time in my life. Um, it taught me a lot, but I also learned like the blueberry muffin story, 
sometimes the most beautiful things that happen are when you don't reach your goals or they, you know, you don't get them on the right timeline. Like otherwise I wouldn't have Charlie and Lucy, my amazing twins who are the most awesome kids ever. But you also go through, like, I I haven't, um, I I was kind of the opposite. So I met my husband on the 23rd of January and was pregnant on the 12th of February. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) And he wasn't my husband, obviously, when I met him. He wasn't even my boyfriend at the time, but he was my boyfriend two weeks later, evidently. (laughs) So uh, we celebrated our first anniversary with an eight-week-old baby and a mortgage. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and so now, of course, here we are 15 years down the line yeah. is ha- happier than we've ever been. It was obviously meant to be. I've never gone through fertility treatment, but I can imagine how tough it would be because your your whole womanhood comes into question in a way. Mm-hmm. You're like, is it me? Is it him? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this I'm a woman. This is what I'm supposed to do. Like I've been brought up to believe I, you know, I, I get a, a job and then I find a husband and I and yeah. I have babies and and now I find I can't. And I, I can imagine, especially for someone who's as driven as you, as focused as you, and obviously as talented as you, I'm sure you've been mm-hmm. able to achieve a lot in your life. That's something that you almost just have to give up to God, isn't it? To like you know, I, I would have struggled a lot with that. I would have, I certainly would have probably seen it as a personal feeling, which is ridiculous because it's not. But I know that that would have been a transformative time for me. And I just wonder, did it, do you feel that it made you a stronger person? Like, did you have to really dig deep and come through the other side? And please just tell me if it's getting too personal. It's- no, no, I'm happy to talk about it. Um, I actually think it's really, is something I, I haven't started talking about till recently, but um, I think it's, crucial actually for me to tell this story in my position at women's health. It's like, there's so many families and um, people who suffer from infertility and struggle to conceive. And it's, it's a shame that it, in our world, it's like the secret that we all are hiding. Um, And there's, there is stigma around it. And I think that's partially why women do feel that way that like, this is a failure of them as a woman that, you know, biologically, that's part of your purpose on this earth. And that's just, oh, it's so much pressure to put on yourself. It's a lot. Um, it was, it was a very, very dark time for me. And I, I do think, um, for anyone going through this, I, I know everybody handles it in their own way and, and whatnot, but I've never met anybody who went through it, who was like, ah, no big deal. You know, it, it takes, it takes a toll. And, in varying levels and in varying ways on women. Um, but I think, yes, 100%, I'm stronger because of it. Um, it probably, even what we were talking about earlier about that perspective I have on training runs where I'm less freaked out by the tough miles or the tough right. days. Right, okay, makes um, sense. Because you know it's going to get better and it's not always going to feel this awful because I have gone through the darkness and come out on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say the other thing I really learned from it is that everyone's got shit. You know, we're not maybe all talking about it, probably not talking about it, but there's so, there's so many complicated layers to us as human beings. And I think it is the biggest thing it did for me was give me this new um, power of compassion. And I like to think I was like a kind, compassionate person before, but I just, I have like new sensitivity for empathy and sensitivity and there's so many tough things that happen to us as humans. And if you can take those experiences and use them to help or support or at least not make people feel worse. Yeah. What a beautiful, yeah. beautiful outcome for such a hard thing. I certainly, I think as women, we put so many pressures on ourselves. Society puts pressures on us. You know, we're, we're conditioned this way. And I think women today have a bigger 
a bigger pressure than ever. And that's why I was I was curious as to know how you how you juggle it all and, and how does it affect you emotionally because you know you have a a very busy, high-powered job. You're managing a team at work and you're managing a team at home and you're still managing to look shit hot every day and be successful <laughs> and be fit and you know show up to work in your elevator and your your new outfit. Like I'm totally right, right. following you on Instagram. I only take pictures <laughs> of the good days. What would be your life advice for someone who wants to be successful in something? Because you've been successful in so many different areas. So it yeah. could be journalism, could be running a marathon, could be, you know... Mm-hmm having three children and managing that with your career and still manage to keep an amazing relationship with your husband. What would be the kind of one piece of advice that you would offer? Um, So I love that question. Um, I would say, and this applies to all aspects of life. Um, I think you could, I personally apply this personal in my personal life, my professional life, my fitness life, Um, just sort of embracing the imperfections of your life. Mm -hmm. And knowing that it's okay to let go of um, the struggles or the tough moments or the things that you didn't handle exactly as you wished you would have. Because dwelling on them and sitting with that, it doesn't help move you forward. It doesn't help, as you said, any of your teams, your team at home, your team at work, wherever it is. You need to take what the learnings from that situation and use it as momentum to push you forward and be better the next day. Um, and so my all-time favorite saying, and I put it on my Instagram um, every so often, is let's make better mistakes tomorrow. I just, I, love, I that. love that. It gives you permission to not be perfect and also allows you to take positive um, action and, you know, just really improve yourself and your life from those mistakes. So they actually make you a better person. Yeah, I agree. I love that. We used to have a failure chart in in mm. uh, for my kids in the house. People used to come in and used to say, "What is that?" Like they saw it as such a negative thing. I'm like, that's their failure chart, and they used to be like, "Well, how is that a positive thing?" I'm like, "Well, because the more times they fail in a week, then the more the more new things they've tried, and the more chance they have to succeed." I was like, "You know, if you if you don't fail, you're never learning anything." And they were like oh, you know, they thought this was weird. We would have a failure chart for the children, but the kids just go, yeah, mommy, I failed today. You know, and they would try all these new things and they would fail and then they would try again and they would succeed. And I always think, I think it's so important to embrace your failures. And I, I tell me the quote again so I can, I can put it in the show notes. Let's make better mistakes tomorrow. Let's make better mistakes tomorrow. I'm totally going to steal that one. <laughs> and I'm stealing fantastic. your failure chart. Tell me, how can we find out more about you? Like, do you have like a, I know you have an Instagram. Do you want to tell us like if, if, they want to follow you on Instagram. Where can we, can we, you know, can we read the magazine online and obviously pick it up in stores? Give us all the juicy details and we'll, we'll write it in the show notes as well. Okay, perfect. Um, so I would love it if you would give me a follow on Instagram. My handle is Liz Plosser. So that's at L-I-Z-P, like pink, L-O-S like Sam, S like Sam-E-R. Um, and then you can find Women's Health all over the place. Um, we have 14 different international versions. The United States version that my team works on is available all over the world too. Um, so you can find that on newsstands. You can read us online at womenshealthmag.com and you can follow us on Instagram at, at womenshealthmag. Um, and again, all of our sibling brands all over the world have their own handles and feeds. So feel free to give them a follow as well. Yay. Well, actually, like I said, you don't have to write any of that down. If anyone's listening, we will link to it all in the show notes. So, and we'll also link to Liz's Instagram. You should totally follow her because her Instagram is so funny. Liz, this was absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for spending your time. I know it's like the start of your working day. So no, to come it was here wonderful. and- wonderful. No better way to us. start it. Thank you, Kim. I'm just 
overjoyed to be connected with you. We will uh, speak very, very soon. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Bye, Thank Pam. You. Bye. Well, guys, what did you think? Isn't Liz absolutely amazing? And I, I really noticed a change in the magazine since she took over. There's a lot more about the mind in there. And I, I can really tell that, you know, because Liz herself is such a deep thinker, that that really translates through to the pages of the magazine. So I hope that you will pick up a copy of, you know, Women's Health Magazine, wherever you are in the world. I'm here in the UK. We have a UK version. If you're in America, you know, you'll get it obviously on all newsstands and things like Liz said. But um, definitely give Liz a follow on Instagram as well. Tell her, you know, send her a DM and say hi and let her know that you, you know, you came from the Sculpted Vegan because, you know, she's such a beautiful soul and she does reply to most of her DMs. So um, anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. We give away a free program every single month to somebody who has left a review on iTunes. We just gave away a Sculpt and Shred program worth $1,500 this week. So, um, and then we announce you on social media and we celebrate you. So definitely hop on over to iTunes, leave a review. Hopefully you will win one of the Sculpted Vegan programs. And I will see you next week or hear you or you'll hear me next week for another episode of Strong and Sculpted. Thank you so much for listening and bye for now.